Today's sermon is on forgiveness, and uh, if you take in your bulletins, there's a little handout that says how to forgive. And the title of the sermon is uh, really direction with, that we're going is I want to talk about how can we forgive. I think we all know and we all agree that we should forgive people, right? Um, we're going to read a little bit later in our liturgy, the Lord's Prayer, which has the words, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And in Matthew, after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus clarifies, For if you do not forgive those who trespass against you, my Heavenly Father will not forgive you. So for Christians, following Jesus' teaching, it's very, very important to forgive because the forgiveness of God towards us, this grace, is our lifeblood. And if we're not forgiving others, then that's going to be cut off to a certain extent. So we all agree it's really important to forgive. Even non-Christians recognize, and people from other religions, understand that forgiveness is important. If we hold on to unforgiveness, it leads to breakdown in relationships, bitterness. It can even lead to emotional consequences, mental consequences. You end up spending 90% of your time thinking about some of the least pleasant thoughts and some of the least pleasant people in your life. You're just continually thinking about these things, which can lead to health and emotional consequences, spiritual consequences. So for all these reasons, people, I, I think that I'm not saying anything crazy to say we ought to forgive, um, especially not to Christians. Um, but it's sometimes hard to know how do we forgive, especially because Jesus said, forgive from your heart. And most of us have had the experience of saying, okay, I forgive you. But the, the issue is not dealt with. It's still going on in our heart. It's still going on. We're still dwelling on it. We're still, um, it's still agitating within us. Sometimes people resist the idea, I will not forgive. I don't want to forgive. And often that's because there's misunderstanding about what forgiveness is. So the sermon is not on what is forgiveness, but I want to just briefly talk about what forgiveness is not so that we can talk about what forgiveness is because I fear otherwise um, that as I speak about how important forgiveness is, people will get a wrong idea. Forgiveness is not, I'm just going to go through this list quickly. If you have questions, we can talk after. Forgiveness is not always restoring trust. Forgiveness is given, trust is earned. And when trust is broken, that can take a long time. It might never be restored. Uh, forgiveness is not necessarily giving a second chance. Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7. But that's about your heart. It doesn't mean that if somebody is unsafe with you, your family, your money, your possessions, you give them 449 chances before you finally fire the contractor or cut ties to the family member or whatever it is. Forgiveness is not giving harmful people access to your heart, your family, your possessions, etc. There's a time and a place to say, okay, you're not healthy, you're not safe. Forgiveness is not keeping someone a secret if it's something that's harming them or harming other people. By the way, if somebody asks you, can you keep a secret? Your answer should be no. Because promising to keep a secret before somebody actually tells you what the secret is, could lead you, for one thing, into uh, violating what Jesus said not to uh, make pledges. Also, it could lead you into a situation that is illegal. Because if somebody is causing harm to somebody else and you hide that from the law, that is illegal. And it should be. So you can't always keep someone secret, and that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not letting the guilty walk free. It's not letting harmful people, giving permission to harmful people to harm other people. It's not enabling sin, and it's certainly not minimizing your pain or their sin. 
Forgiveness is not saying, oh, it's okay, it's no big deal. We say that really often. No, it's okay, don't worry about it, it wasn't a big deal. Sometimes it was a big deal. And forgiveness is walking into that and saying, this was a big deal, this hurt, so let's deal with that. So these are some of the things that I could go on and we could talk a long time about what forgiveness is not. Um, but forgiveness is not being a doormat. It's not just letting yourself be walked on and having all your rights violated. Also, forgiveness is not being an emotional dictator. And it's not, for one thing, forcing somebody to forgive. And this happens sometimes, where somebody sins against somebody else, and then they come with all this self-righteousness and say, look, the Bible says to forgive. I know I sinned, but I said I'm sorry, so you need to forgive me right now. That's not what forgiveness is. Nowhere in Scripture does it says, say that you have a right to tell somebody to forgive. People will come to forgiveness on their own terms in their own time. And forgiveness is one of the hardest, most difficult personal things you can do. It's like grief. It is grief in a way. Um, and so sometimes a close friend or a spiritual guide can come alongside somebody and say, I think what you need to do is forgive this person. But that needs to be a very intimate, personal conversation in trust. It's not, uh, the person that has violated you does not have a right to come and demand that you forgive them. Um, and along with this point three, forgiveness is not demanding that people uh, enable sin and tolerate the sinner. Sometimes this happens where somebody continually is in patterns and cycles of hurting people and sinning and they keep saying, you need to forgive me, this is in the past, this needs to keep happening, you need to just let bygones be bygones and let this keep happening. As I already mentioned, forgiveness does not mean that we don't set up boundaries and protect ourselves and let people feel the just consequences of their actions. Um, and finally, forgiveness is not confronting somebody with your pain. This is what often passes for forgiveness. For example, if you watch um, these kind of relationship shows, Jerry Springer and Oprah and that sort of thing, often there'll be, they'll bring in two parties that are they're angry at each other. I just know this because I sit in bus depots sometimes and I watch these things. But, um, and, and one person says, you hurt me, you're so mean, you're such a terrible person. This is what you did, this is how it made me feel. And they bring all these accusations against the other person and the other person is wow okay and maybe they say i'm sorry I, I didn't i had no idea or maybe they get defensive but either way this is not forgiveness this is actually revenge this is the person saying you hurt me now verbally i'm going to hurt you and tell you how you made me feel and oftentimes and and i had a long long conversation with somebody this past year which is why i want to spend just a little bit more time on this um somebody that's not here i'm not preaching to somebody in the audience but um we can have this idea that for me to forgive, I need to tell the other person what they did. And that's actually not forgiveness. You're not going to find any emotional freedom from that. Because what you're trying to do is force the other person to recognize what they did and then try and heal your pain. And only Jesus can heal your pain. And it's only a personal internal decision of forgiveness that's going to bring you relief. And once you find that internal, personal, private place of forgiveness and healing... Then you can move out in a healthy way to say, you know what, what you did was probably not the best. Or here's some boundaries we need to put around your actions. Or here's some of the consequences if you are in a place of giving consequences. Uh, but it, for, it begins with yourself. Forgiveness is in internal. We're on the next page now. It only takes one person. 
Although if you have somebody else, a spiritual guide, a friend, a counselor, a pastor, that always helps, especially if it's a deep pain. But it's really about you choosing to forgive the person. And forgiveness, again, I know I'm, I'm hitting on this often, but it's really important to say that forgiveness does not negate boundaries, justice, or doing the right thing. In fact, it enables us to set up our boundaries and to do the right thing and to let people feel the just consequences of their actions. So what is forgiveness? What is the idea that I believe scriptures and Jesus are pushing us towards? If I could encapsulate it into a small sentence, it would be this. Forgiveness is my internal, personal decision to release my right to make you pay. Forgiveness is my personal, internal decision to release my right to make you pay. When I get wounded, I have a right. The Old Testament says eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The way that I have been wounded, I feel as though I have a right to wound you back in the same way. And unforgiveness and bitterness is holding on to that right and saying someday, some way, when I get the chance, I'm going to make you pay. And you're going to hurt and you're going to know how you made me feel and everything. And that will give me peace. That will give me relief. Forgiveness is saying no. No, I'm not going to make them pay. Somebody else might make them pay. I might have to be part of stopping them from continuing this action. But I'm not going to make them pay for how they made me feel. They might never know. This is the hardest thing, is admitting they might never know how they made me feel. But I'm okay with that. I'm releasing them. I'm letting them off the hook for how they made me feel. How in the world can we do that? How can we let somebody off the hook? For two reasons. For one, because Jesus forgave us. God in Christ forgave us. And we don't deserve the forgiveness that God gave us. And so we're, we're in this position where we've been forgiven for so much that we, it's, it, we don't have a right to hold, in, uh, hold our unforgiveness over somebody else because we have been forgiven for so much. And the second reason that we can forgive is because we know we live in a just universe. Because Paul says in Romans, do not take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. We know that when we forgive, we're, we're not the judge. We're just removing ourselves from the seat of justice. We're saying, I'm not going to make you pay. But actually, we're taking ourselves out of the way. And the Romans says, leave room for the wrath of God. When we stop trying to be God and saying, I'm going to make you pay, I'm going to make you hurt, I'm going to make you see what, what you did to me, we're releasing that person to a higher court to where it's now God and this person that are going to deal with this. And God will bring justice. And God might bring justice through the person paying the just action for their sin, which is huge. Or God might choose to deal with that through, just, through mercy and through grace. But we're leaving that to God. That's, that's God's business. We can forgive because we have been forgiven and because God is just and he's going to deal with justice in this world. So that being said, we know that we should forgive. This is really strongly preached on by Jesus and all throughout scriptures, especially the New Testament. We know we're not, not talking about letting down our boundaries and letting pe bad people do bad things in our lives or the lives of others. We're talking about an internal thing. So how? How do we do this? This is a tremendously difficult question. Uh, many of us have, as I mentioned before, had the experience of trying to forgive and thinking we were forgiving and saying that we forgave and then walking away 
And we're still, our mind is still just, just turning all the time about this event, this thing that happened, uh, what we might say to that person, how we're gonna deal with this. Um, and what I have found, and what I wanna share with you for the rest of this sermon is um, the Ministry of Caring for the Heart Ministries. Uh, a man named John Regeer out of California uh, developed a biblical counseling approach. Uh, and one of the tools that was probably the most powerful tool in his toolbox um, is how to forgive from the heart. And so the last two pages here are a little worksheet from uh, his resources on how to care, how to forgive from the heart. So it's a really straightforward process. Um, step one, and you have the, the, the chart here, this, you don't have to use this piece of paper, you're gonna run out of room, um, but you can just do three columns. List people that have hurt you in the first column. You're gonna talk about your parents probably, you're probably gonna talk about siblings, bullies on the playground, teachers, going, Later in life, maybe bosses, coworkers, maybe people you worked for, people that worked under you. Um, you're gonna talk about friends, people that used to be your friends. You're gonna talk about your spouse, maybe even your kids, how they have hurt you. Um, so you're gonna, just gonna make a list, and then you're gonna talk about, have a list of how they hurt you. What did they do, specific actions. And you're gonna start with the biggest things. I mean, obviously, we're gonna be here for, for years if you talk about every single incident. But when you stop to think about who has hurt me, if you ask yourself that question, who has hurt me, probably there's gonna be one or two or five things that'll come right to your mind pretty quick about people that have hurt you in your past. And so you start with the big things, and after that you go to the smaller things. You list the person, you list what they did, and then you list one to three pain words. So the last page of your handout is a whole bunch of pain words. I listed this because sometimes we're not very emotionally literate. Um, sometimes we think, well, I'm just angry. Well, do you feel violated? Do you feel powerless? Do you feel, what exactly do you feel? Um, and this, these pain words are going to be a key to get into your heart, to actually be able to forgive from your heart so that you're not just shooting off the top of your head, saying the words without emotionally engaging. So you're just gonna list, this person has hurt me, I'll just make something up. Schoolyard bully named Bob has hurt me. Um, he, he punched me in the nose and laughed at me in front of all my friends, especially Susie Q, who I had a crush on. Um, and this caused me emotionally to feel humiliated, physically hurt, and powerless. So these are how you're going to do it. And then you're going to pray through this prayer at the bottom of the page. It's a really straightforward prayer, um, but I have personally found tremendous healing and health from this prayer. And um, I just can't say enough how much, how much I wish that everybody would, would memorize this prayer and make it a part of their daily routine. Lord, I choose to forgive Bob for punching me, or whatever, causing me to feel, and you list your pain words, hurt, um, powerless, embarrassed. I am willing to pay the emotional pain and consequences that Bob has cost me. I ask you, Lord, to take back the ground I gave to the enemy through bitterness, and I yield that ground to your control. So let's just explain those last two parts here. I am willing to pay the emotional pain and consequences that so-and-so has caused me. This is something that, uh, as we were going through counseling, when I read that, I thought, what, what is this talking about? What, what is this? Why do I have to pay the emotional pain and consequences that this person has caused me? Um, and specifically, I, I don't see this in scripture. This is not a specific verse that says this. 
Uh, and the counselor said, well, this is what Jesus did for us when he was on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they, will do, what they are doing. Those soldiers didn't know how much it was costing Jesus. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know that he was innocent, and they didn't care. And yet Jesus said, I will pay the emotional pain. And he accepted on himself the emotional pain and the consequences of their actions. And this is the opposite of bitterness. Bitterness is saying, you will pay. One day, I'm holding on to this because one day you will pay. You'll see, you'll understand. But forgiveness is saying, you know what? I'm just going to pay that. I'm going to pay it emotionally. I'm going to pay it. Um, now, there might be consequences. You might, phys- you might literally force them to pay financially or in some other way. But emotionally, you're saying, I'm going to pay this emotional pain. And what I have found, two things I found about this. For one, this is grief. You're allowing yourself to grieve the injustice and the pain and the hurt of what happened to you. And you're saying, I'm going to just weep for this, for the fact that this little boy was wounded and it was wrong. I'm going to be sad for that and I'm going to weep for it. Um, And the second thing I found is that it, it, it passes tremendously quickly. When you finally, it's like this, this thing that you just don't want to do. It's like this, this flaming door of pain that you just want to avoid at all costs. And when you finally open the door and walk through, the other side is a peaceful garden of, of coolness and refreshing. I have just found so much that when you actually allow yourself to pay the emotional consequences, it passes really quickly. And on the other side is health and silence, all that turmoil and that bitterness going around your head just stops um and lord i ask that you take back the ground i gave to the enemy through my bitterness and i yield that ground to your control Uh, we are told often throughout scriptures do not let the sun go down on your anger Uh, do not stay bitter because this gives satan a window of opportunity when we hold on to bitterness we are allowing satan to have some control in our lives And so after we ask for forgiveness, or after we forgive the person, then we ask God to forgive us for holding on to the bitterness, even if it was just for a few seconds. Uh, Sometimes I've gotten to this and I thought, well, really, I don't think I've been super bitter. It it was pretty quick. But you you can't go wrong asking for forgiveness. So you just, um, this is the next part, you just ask the Lord to take back the ground given to the enemy through bitterness and yielding that ground to God's control. We want God to have all that he can, all the property that he can in our heart, We want God to have full possession of that so that we can be completely surrendered to him. What I have found, um, well, two things I've found. One thing is that so often when when somebody has hurt us immediately in front of us, in the the here and now, the reason that hurts so much often is because of a pain way back when. That somebody might, I'm just making up a hypothetical thing, in my workplace, somebody insults me in front of my coworkers, and that hurts. It might not have hurt somebody else, but it hurts me. Why? Because when I was five on the school ground, Billy Bob punched me in the nose and made me feel stupid. And that pain goes through the years, and whenever people insult me in public, it's the same pain. And, and, and I think people are nodding because they see this, they know this. This is how it often works. We get hurt in the same pain. And we can become, this pain can become so much a part of us that we just think it's part of who we are, our personality. But I have found through Caring for the Heart Ministries and through this prayer, those deep pains from way back then 
can actually be healed. So where you can actually found that your personality changes, where it isn't a big deal anymore. For example, when people laugh at you in the workplace and you realize he wasn't being mean, it was just a funny joke. And you can laugh along because that deep healing has happened. And as I challenge somebody this year, I'd like to challenge you. Would you like to, te to spend the rest of your life teaching those around you to walk on eggshells, metaphorically speaking? Do you want to teach people to tiptoe around your pain in your life? Or do you want to find healing for your pain so that people around you don't have to be careful around you because you're healed? How can you do this? Where can you do this? There's... Um, it's remarkably easy to do. You can pray this prayer anywhere with anyone. Um, I found a lot of healing with caring for the heart. I talk about them often uh, because this was, they were really able to go way back and find deep healing for some really deep, serious stuff in my past um, that a lot of us have, well, all of us have pain in our past. That's, that's just part of life. And so uh, you can look at their websites. It's French, it's English. You can look them up. You can also just grab a, a pastor or a mentor or a friend. Um, I would love to sit down with you if you'd like to talk about this stuff, and I'm sure Pastor Matt as well uh, would love to pray through this with you. Uh, it's summertime. It's beautiful. You can go out, fill this out, go out in nature, pray through this, find healing in an afternoon. Uh, I think you can find tremendous release and tremendous close, closeness with God through this. And finally, silently throughout the day, I have basically memorize this prayer. I pray it a little bit different every time. But this is something I come back to over and over and over. So-and-so has hurt me. Uh, they did this, causing me to feel this. God, I choose to forgive them for, from the heart. I will not make them pay. I will pay the emotional consequences of that. And please take back the ground I gave to the enemy through bitterness. So it, it seems almost too simple. I like to, to give you more material and more meat um, but I honestly feel that if this tool, this simple, simple tool, based on scriptural principles, has tremendous power to give you freedom in life and to change a tremendous amount of your internal world and also your world around you, how you relate to other people. And so I would just, um, just recommend that to you, and I hope that, um, that it changes your life, honestly. And Lord, I just want to close this time by thanking you for dying for us, so that um, we can have reconciliation with God and so that we can have peace with God. And thank you that you are a just judge and a just father who um, takes care of justice so that we don't have to and who takes that burden off of us. I just thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.